Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, I'm joined with Wes and say good morning and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad that you're here today. Hope you've had a, a great week. It's been a beautiful week. So it's so pretty enough that Patty and I said, let's take the grandkids to the zoo on Friday. Salton Creekers there at the zoo. And so, you know, anytime you walk into something like that, uh, you come in and they spot a grandparent, right? Uh, sucker. Um, and so you, you walk in and they grab you and say, let me take your picture. And it's because they know that parents would never spend money on this, but grandparents would spend money on this, okay? Uh, and so we, we were suckered into that. And, um, and so uh, that is a little forest and that is Summit. And um, we had a great time. But this was our second time to the zoo this summer. The first time, it was blazing hot. And the first time, and some of you know this story, uh, Forrest here, um, I took him and put him on the carousel. And the carousel went up and down. I could see fear all over his, it stressed him out, okay? It stressed him out. And um, I was trying to calm him down and say, uh, I'm not crying, I'm not crying. And, and he responded by saying, I cry and next, next picture, I cry and I cry. And so the child was crying. And so, um, so anyway, this time, uh, you know, the carousel's over there. I am holding him tight, trying to get through that, um, get through that without him having to see that. And he said, carousel, carousel. He said, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. You know, when he said all that, it reminded me of the Georgia fans. <laughs> this is what the Georgia fans looked like last night during the game. I crying, I crying, I crying. But then, far as, you know, when the game was over, y'all said, I happy, I happy. <laughs> so congratulations. I guess you can say the Baptists beat the Catholics. <clears throat> Something like that. So it's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to uh, take this next step in our series. I believe that these messages could be the ones that would change your life and put you on a path to go further and faster than you even imagined. In this series, we're looking at seven key areas of all of our lives. We're going to look at your spiritual life. We did that last week. Your physical life, your mental and emotional health. We're going to talk about your relationships, your money, and your career. When you look at this series as a whole, this series is about your potential. This series is about possibilities. It's about uh, your future and how I believe that you can make the best out of the rest of the days that you have. Now, this series is built on a foundation from Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. And you'll hear this over and over until it gets down in your spirit. I want you to memorize this verse because it is important. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So if you're going to change your life, you have to change the way you think. 
If you, if you change your life, if you want to change your life, you've got to change the way you, you think. You don't start with your actions, and you don't start with your feelings, but you start with your thoughts. Transformation begins with how you think. And so today we want to talk about your physical health. And like Wes said, we're not dealing with uh, dieting or working out, even though that is something that would be uh, something good for all of us. But we're going to talk about stress. All of us deal with stress, and we deal with it in different ways, um, and we handle it uh, in some positive ways and negative ways. Stress, at its very core, is a real or a perceived threat. It's, it's when your body feels threatened by something and maybe your, your blood pressure rises and maybe your pulse quickens and your adrenaline starts to flow and amp up through your body and, and all kind of physical things happen. Now, it can be very good. I mean, uh, and a good example of that is maybe you're on the side of the road and you're about to step in front of an ongoing truck and your stress response uh, does all of that stuff and tells you, get out of the way, get out of the road. And that is a positive thing that oftentimes stress comes uh, to br- make us very uncomfortable with where we are because we need to go somewhere else that will be better for us, okay? So that's a positive thing. But on the flip side of that, stress can be very negative on your body. And, and specifically, if you're like me, I have a, a tendency to internalize stress. Uh, I may be cool as a cucumber, and most of the time I am uh, on the outside, but uh, when things that are uh, stressful, I just kind of stick it, uh, press it down, and it goes a little bit further. And if you're not careful, and if you do that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come out eventually. And it's going to come out, um, and it's going to be a challenge for you. See, here's the thing. It's not always what you eat that... Um, will make you unhealthy, but it's what eats you that will make you unhealthy. It's not always what you eat will make you unhealthy, but it's those things that eat you. And so you just be on guard and just think about that. Over the next few minutes, we're going to look at what the Bible says about some of the most common causes of stress in your life. And so if you're a little tired, if you're a little worn out, if you're a little stressed out, you picked a great week to come to church. So this is for you. We're going to focus on one of the most famous uh, chapters in all of the Bible, Psalm chapter 23. This psalm was written by King David in the Old Testament. It was written during a period of time when King David was toppled from the throne by his own rebellious son, Absalom. And uh, David was forced to go into the Judean wilderness. And for a period of time, he was unemployed. Uh, for a period of time, he lived week to week, and he was hunted and he was hounded by his enemies. And so, as he hid out in the the wilderness, he was thinking back in a better uh, to the maybe uh, the days when he was a young shepherd. He was thinking back probably to the good old days. How many times do we, uh, during times of high stress, that we start imagining or thinking about our life of how simple it used to be? And we dream about, oh, how, oh, we didn't have a care in the world back then. Of course, we, we, we remember things different than they were. But we think back, and David was thinking back about his experiences as a young shepherd working for his father. So this psalm, as we read it, are for people who are like David, 
who are going through a major period of upheaval in your life. Maybe you are like David and you have a, a rebellious son, or maybe you have a home that's in turmoil, or maybe you have a, a long-standing relationship that is um, broken up, or, or maybe you feel like that you have been uprooted and this world that you're experiencing right now is nothing that you planned on, nothing you ever dreamed about exp- um, having a part of your life, and, and, and you're processing all of that. And on top of that, all of these thoughts cause you to worry. And you find yourself um, worrying a lot, and that worry leads to stress. Probably worry is one of the most common uh, causes of stress in your life. Did you hear about the wife who woke up uh, one morning at 3 a.m. and saw her husband pacing back and forth, pacing back and forth. He's wringing his hand. She said, why aren't you asleep? Why don't you get in bed? And, and he's saying, well, uh, uh, I borrowed $1,000 from Sam at work, and, and he's just nervous as can be, and, and I can't sleep because I, I'm supposed to pay him back tomorrow, and I don't have the money to pay him back. And so she jumped up out of bed. She grabbed this, her cell phone. She called Sam and said, Hey, Sam. And Sam's groggy. I mean, it's three o'clock in the morning. And hey, Sam. He said, well, what, what, what is it? He said, my husband owes you a thousand dollars and he doesn't have it and he can't pay you back tomorrow. And then she hung up and she looked over to her husband and says, look, now you go back to sleep. Let Sam worry about his money. (laughs) And so this Psalm is written for people who are worried. You're worried about money. You're worried about your future. You're worried about your class schedule. You're worried about your, your job. You're worried about something. So listen to God's word as we read through this very familiar passage of Scripture. Psalm chapter 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. He makes me lie down on, in green pastures, and he leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And I will lift up a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. I think most of us here in this room and those watching online, you've heard those words before. Maybe you've heard them at a wedding. Maybe you've heard them at a graveside. You've seen them go across your television screen. We are very familiar with these words. Sometimes we can become too familiar with them that we just allow them to go right past us. Over the next few minutes, we're going to just focus on these words and we're going to ask the Lord to speak to us as we look at Psalm 23. You see, I believe that every one of us can, can uh, reduce stress by embracing five spiritual habits that come to us right out of Psalm 23. 
He said, the Lord is my shepherd, I, I shall not want. So the very first thing, just slow down right there. The Lord, just stop there, the Lord. The Lord. I think those two words remind me that God is in control. He is the Lord over this world. He is the Lord over this situation you're, you're challenged with. There's no power that is greater than Him. The Bible says that He is the beginning and He is the end. The Bible says that the angels of heaven bow down before Him. That He is the Lord. All creation will give Him praise for He is in control. So it says the Lord is my shepherd. And we see here that my is a possessive pronoun. That this is my shepherd. It denotes ownership. That, that he is the one that is responsible for my needs being met. He is the one that res- is responsible. You know, the role of a shepherd in David's day was very important. The sheep could not make it without a shepherd. And David said, the Lord is my shepherd, which means that he's going to satisfy his needs. That in this verse, we're learning what it means to become dependent upon the Lord. God, I trust that you, uh, are, you are going to satisfy, you're going to meet the needs. So it's very simple that we hear this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I just want to speak this affirmation over you. Let's say it this way. The Lord is my shepherd, I have everything that I need. Now, I want you to say that. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. Now, let's do that one more time. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. If we could just take that verse and we could just put it where we could be reminded of this as we go through this week. You know, I talked two weeks ago about setting goals. Maybe this is a spiritual goal for you. That, that uh, you can, A goal is something that we expect, right? We talked about that two weeks ago. That we understand the Lord is my shepherd. That my goal this week is to make the Lord my shepherd. My goal this week is to make the Lord my shepherd because uh, I, in Him I have everything that I need. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters and he restores my soul. The second thing is this. We need to come to the place where we obey God's instruction about rest. You know, a lot of our stress uh, that we deal with comes from being in a hurry all the time and, and always working just too much. When God created the universe... He finished his work, and then the Bible says, on the seventh day, he rested. On the seventh day, he rested. Why did God rest? You think he was tired? No. God doesn't get tired. The reason he made a decision to rest is because he is showing you an example and me a model of what we need to do. That we need to learn the importance of having proper rest in our lives. He says that every seven days we need to have a day off. You need time for rest and recreation and worship and restoration. 
But it notice it says, he makes me lie down. Because David is a shepherd and he knows that, that sheep are not always smart enough to lay down. And so the shepherd will gather them and make them re- uh, lay down. You see, God has uh, wired your body in a way that if you don't take time off, your body will make time off. Okay? If you don't take time off, your body will... And I, I've seen this play out in my life and, and uh, several different times um, and where your body's just crying out for peace. And I'll never forget about 12 years ago, I was uh, trying to accomplish so many things, but I had a limited time frame, and I had to do that. And I, I remember one day having to go to a trade show in, in Las Vegas. And so I uh, drove to Columbia because I could get to Las Vegas quicker out of Columbia. Drove to Columbia, got on a plane um, at 7 o'clock. I was in Las Vegas by 10. Got the time change going on and everything else. And so I worked the trade show all day long, and then that evening I went back to the airport and I got a red eye back uh, here. And so uh, I was just thinking, I've got to get this done, and I only have a small window of time. And many of you do this all the time. But at that point, I was burning the candle at both ends. And when you burn the candle at both ends, you're not as bright as you think you are. And so I am flying back on the red eye from Las Vegas, and uh, the cheapest seat in the, um, uh, in the plane was probably when I got toward the back, it was the window seat, and then I had two larger guys right beside me. Two larger guys right beside me who didn't have a problem sleeping on a plane at all, okay? And so I am on this, and, and as I am debriefing, I have a panic attack. I'm telling you, I thought that my chest was going to explode, and, and I couldn't breathe, and I literally took my shirt off, um, and I am thankful I, I had an undershirt on. I am in the under. I'm just thinking, I'm trying to get free of whatever I can get free of because I am having this panic attack. It's probably 2 o'clock in the morning. And um, I finally got so bad, I had to wake them up to let me out. And so I walked up and down the aisles, and it just so happened that on that plane, I guess the back seats were, um, were broken, so they had taken out the back row of seats between, let's say, uh, the last row and then the bathroom. And so there was a space there. I literally went and laid in the floor in a, like a fetal position uh, and say there probably an hour or two hours as I am flying back. I tell you that story because if you don't take time, your body will make time. And so we have this tendency to continue to add things on to our schedule, to keep on doing this, just to do a little bit more, just a little bit more and a little bit more. And as you do that, it is causing a buildup on the inside. And that is going to play out in one way or another. And so just hear that and understand this, that my best requires rest. My best requires rest. And I need to tell some of you, you're not wasting time when you're relaxing. Because some of you have these voices in your head that every time you slow down, every time you go to relax, you're telling yourself, I'm wasting time. I could be doing something. I could be getting something done. 
And all of you are thinking about somebody that's like that. And some of you are looking in the mirror and said, that's me, you're talking right to me. The Bible says it this way, that we, God gave us a Sabbath so that we could recalibrate our souls. In Exodus chapter 34, it said, six days you'll labor, but on the seventh day you'll rest. Even during the plowing season and the harvest season, you must rest. Now, let me say this. I know this verse, but I learned something this week. Because I always quote this verse, but then I stop right here. Six days you'll labor, but on the seventh day you shall rest. And I just kind of go on, you know, that establishes the concept of the Sabbath, and then I'll go on and talk about it from there. But this week... I read the rest of the verse. Even during the plowing season and the harvest season, you must rest. Even during the plowing season, you know, because I understand that this is speaking to accountants during the month of April, okay? During your busy season, and we all have seasons, but they're saying that even when you are launching this new business or even when you are taking this last group of classes or even when you are working on uh, that dissertation and when you are a resident, you know, you start, think about your life. Even in the busy season, when you're in the time of plowing and you're in time of harvest, yes, where you don't even have time to do anything, that's where you, the Bible is saying, you've got to slow down and you've got to carve out time and you've got to have a Sabbath. Because my best requires rest. Well, what are you supposed to do on a Sabbath? Here's two things that you do on a Sabbath. First of all, you rest your body. You need rest. For some of you, the most spiritual thing that you can do today is to go home and take a nap. I thought I would get at least one amen on that one. <laughs> Just one. Just one. You know, that, that could be the most spiritual thing that you do all day is to go home and take a nap. Three o'clock today, I'll be in the bed. And uh, I told you this story, this happened some time ago, this is a repeat, but it's probably about 18 months ago or so, um, November will be two years. Uh, I left service, preached three times, and I know at three o'clock on Sunday afternoon, I need to be in the bed, okay? I, you know, this is not something, I, I need to be there. And so I am driving down Riverwatch, and I'm looking at my gas gauge, and I'm thinking it's 10 minutes to three, okay? I got time to stop and get gas at Costco. And so I pulled into Costco to get gas, and you've heard this story, and there was a line of uh, people there, uh, and I just pulled right in, and I stopped, and I fell asleep. I fell asleep in the Costco line, and I don't know how long I was there. I was, long, I was there long enough for the guy behind me, after he had blown the horn a couple of times, and I did not hear it, gets out of his car, comes up to my car, and knocks on the window and wakes me up. And I drive forward and I get the guy. You know, at that point, I'm thinking like, do I just need to drive off and go home? <laughs> That's what I wanted to do. And I thought, no, I'm just going to own it. And so, um, and so I got out of the car and he said, uh, I, I just kind of smiled at him. And he said, man, that must have been some intense phone call you're on. And I thought, I could explain it, but he wouldn't understand it. <laughs> he just wouldn't understand it. 
And so you rest your body. I said, there's two things. Uh, you got that for free. Um, there's two things. You rest your body. Here's you refocus your spirit. Um, I think you refocus your spirit by coming to worship. In corporate worship, we recharge and we refresh our spirit. Yesterday, I was at Publix, and uh, uh, I walked through the door, and somebody said, Hey, Pastor Marty said, I'm so glad to see you, and we had a conversation. She said, uh, I I watch you every week online, um, but I can't be there. And she said, because a lot of times I work on Sundays, she said, but she said, I was there last week, and she said, there's nothing like being there. And I love our online experience. I do. And I feel like it, it is uh, helpful to connect all of us. But there's nothing like being in the presence of the Lord with a large group of people. And so you come to the place where you, you refocus your spirit. He said, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Here's number three. I want you to trust God to guide you. God cannot bless a decision that you will not make. I want you to trust God in this. I want you to trust God to guide you. And, but you need to understand, God's not going to bless a decision that you will not make. There's a lot of stress that comes into your life because you can't or you won't make a decision. Being indecisive causes stress. And so I just encourage you to make God um, number one in your life and to go after him and to embrace this verse, he leads me in the paths of righteousness. Now, the, in the Hebrew, the word path is a, a well-defined, a well-worn trail. You see, sheep needed a trail that was well laid out, but even that, even more so, they needed a shepherd to, to lead them through that. Because the shepherd knows the trail. The shepherd knows what's going to be ahead of them. And the sheep have come to the place where they're willing to trust the shepherd. Some of you are uncertain about your future. And you're worrying a lot about your future. And I would just say to you, trust the shepherd. And some of you are vacillating back and forth. And you won't make a decision or you can't make a decision. And I want to encourage you, put your life in the Lord's hand and take a step of faith and make the call. Seriously, just make the call. Now, you may make the wrong call, but very quickly you'll understand that and you'll be able to correct it and you'll be able to move on. Don't allow fear to hold you back. Because too many times, we're so fearful, we're worried, we're concerned, and we were just stuck right here. And we vacillate. Should I do this or should I? And we go back. I believe in weighing your options. I believe in praying through something. But there comes a point that after you have prayed through something, that you have to step out in faith. You say, well, I don't know what will happen. Well, that's why it's called faith. You come to the place where you trust him with this. We go on. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Go through the valley of the shadow of death. But it says, I will fear no evil. I'm not going to fear this. Why? Because God is with me. 
He said that that staff and that rod, that rod and that said the rod was an instrument the shepherd used to, to ward off the attackers, to beat off the, those wild animals that would come to try to harm or bring uh, harm to the sheep. Now, the staff was different. The staff had a, uh, a hook on the end, and it was used to uh, take a wayward uh, lamb and pull it back onto the right trail. And so the rod where God is going to protect you against the evil one. He's going to protect you against those things that are trying to take you down. But then if you do wander off the trail, he's going to reach out in his uh, compassion and he's going to pull you back onto the place or onto the trail where you need to be. God is going to protect you. And you have to say, okay, I'm going to declare, I'm not going to stress out this week because God is my protector. I'm not going to stress out because I believe that God has a rod and God has a staff and he is going to protect me. You know, last month we had 21 days of prayer. And when I took my card out for 21 days of prayer, um, one of the cards, I took, I just wrote two words. Two words, I wrote it in red ink because I just wanted it to be very present. I just had divine protection. My two words were divine protection because I had a heightened awareness for my, uh, I had a heightened awareness of my need for God to protect me. It seems like in the last six months or so that I've had this, an increased number of things coming against me that, that I had nothing to do with. Yet they were coming against me. And so some of you, um, you know, sometimes, look, I have problems in my life. And the reason I've had problems in my life is because I caused them. I decided to do this. I decided to do this. I took on this project. I took on this other. And all of a sudden, I am stressed out because I am overwhelmed. Well, I am overwhelmed because I made bad decisions along the way. And I did more than I needed to do. Okay. So a lot of problems that you may be facing, just be honest, you, you brought them on yourself. So we, we own that. But there are times when you face pressure or stress or difficulty or problems that they are not your fault. That they have been brought on you because you live in a sin-cursed world. Okay? You live in a sin-cursed world. Your great-grandma died of cancer not because she dipped snuff. Oh, y'all not from the South. But, um, <laughs> but we live in a sin-cursed world. And we have to understand this world is not heaven. This is not a perfect place. And we need Jesus to give us the strength to navigate through this world as we're looking forward to a better place. Okay? So just understand that. But sometimes, um, not only do we live in a sin-cursed world, but there is an enemy of your soul. Satan comes to you to steal, kill, and destroy. And so I had this heightened awareness of being a feeling that things were not going right. And you look at all of the situations trying to, where did this come from? And I realize there's an unforeseen, uh, there's unseen force working behind the scenes. 
And so I just said, I need prayer. I need divine protection. I need God to send Jehovah Nisi, that's his name in the Old Testament, to come and bring protection and to go forward and to bring deliverance. He said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I think the fourth thing is we need to allow God to be our defender. Allow God to be your defender. There came, this was written during a time when David was pushed out into the wilderness because his rebellious son Absalom had taken over the throne. And here he is out in the desert. He's hungry, he's weary, and his army is in disarray. And while that is going on, God prompted three people who were not Israelites, three people to come and provide food and supplies for David and his men. And David saw this as an act of the Lord, as a a gracious host that God was preparing a table for him in the presence of his enemies. That his enemies were coming against him, but God met the need. That God was holding them off. God was uh, uh, keeping him safe. And he was able to have his needs met. Let me say this. Some of you are being attacked. And Satan is coming against you. But God is bigger. God is bigger that no weapon formed against you will prosper. And all those that rise up against you will fall. God is bigger. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so many times we get stressed out because we feel this pressure coming from without. And I just want you that when you feel this pressure coming from without, that you look up. And that you say, God, I am putting this in your hands. I don't understand this. And you can be honest. I don't like this. This is very painful. This is very difficult. Uh, I don't like dealing with this. But you are my defender. You're my defender. The final verse. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The fifth thing is this. I want you to expect God to finish his work in you. Expect God to finish his work in you. It says, surely goodness and mercy will follow you. Just think about this. When you leave this auditorium today, you're going to be walking out into the parking lot. And you may feel somebody is following you, and they are. (laughs) They are. Besides the hundreds and hundreds of people. But there's something. You'll get home, and and you feel like you're being followed, and you are. You look back, and there's goodness, and there's mercy. There's goodness, and there's mercy. You turn around, and there's goodness, and there's mercy. There's goodness and mercy. They are the ones that are speaking life to you and speaking hope to you. There's goodness and mercy. I am telling you so many times, we, don't, uh, we allow the negative voices of this world to drive out the voice of goodness and mercy. You see, I believe that God is a good God. I believe that He has a good life planned for me. I believe that He is merciful. That I have not earned this life. You have not earned the blessings that you've been given. 
But God, through His mercy, has extended this to you. Goodness and mercy are following you. And He's going to give you the confidence to get through this. Goodness and mercy. What do I know about goodness? That God takes those negative and evil things and He will turn them around and what? He will bring good out of it because goodness and mercy are following you. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There's a better day coming. This world is not a perfect place and this world is not your home. We're sojourners. We're people that are passing through. And if we're not careful, we can get so fixated on what's going on in our weekly world that we lose sight that we are passing through, that there is a better day coming. But we're not there yet. And we've got to get through this. But God said, you're not going to go by yourself. I'm going with you. My rod, my staff, it's going to comfort you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to make sure that you stay on the trail that you need to be on. Some of you are worried. You're so worried that you're going to make the wrong decision. Put your hope in God and make the best decision that you know how. You may pray like, God, please close the door that I'm not supposed to walk through, but open it wide, the one I am supposed to walk through. And just trust that God is going to work it out. Our time is up, and it's time to pray. Now, I'm going to pray over you, and I'm going to speak words over you. And I just want you to receive it. I want you to receive it. And to those of you that have stressed out and you're, you're worried and you're concerned, I just want you to receive the peace of the Lord and allow His presence to be, uh, to lead you and to guide you. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over this congregation. I pray over those watching online. And I speak words of life over you. I speak strength and encouragement. Yes, you are weak. Yes, you have made mistakes. But today, the presence of the Lord is covering you with His grace and His mercy. So I pray for you, those that are struggling, those that are struggling with depression, I speak life and deliverance over you. Those that are struggling with illness, illnesses and and conditions. I pray that God's mercy and God's peace would cover you and that God would bring healing to you. Father, I pray for those that are stressed out over financial issues. It seems like they just can't get ahead, that every time they take two steps forward, that there's something, a bigger problem that comes and they fall back. I pray that you would be their protector and you would be the provider, that this week they would be reminded that the Lord is my shepherd and I have everything that I need. So, Father, bring your power and bring your strength. We receive that in Jesus' name. Just say that. I receive that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you today. 
Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.